Hey, welcome to the Rusty George Podcast. I'm honored that you're taking some time to listen to this. Every Monday, we'll be coming to you answering questions that you submit. Feel free to send in a question, hashtag RG Podcast, and we'll be talking about stuff in the church, in the world, and of course, in sports. Really glad that you're here. Hey, welcome to the Rusty George Podcast. Uh, I am Josh, the online campus pastor here at Real Life. And with me is Rusty to my side. Hello. And um, we are just coming off of the services on Freedom Sunday, which is, for those of you who don't know, um, kind of the churches all over America and the world today are recognizing um, the global epidemic of slave trafficking and kind of bringing awareness to that. And uh, first off, Rusty, thank you for having this conversation today. Um, It's heavy and Mm -hmm. nobody really wants to talk about it. Uh, but, you know, when there's dark places that we often ignore, the darkness stays until it's actually exposed. Mm. And so that, need, that that's a conversation that needs to be had, so thank you for... Well, for that's, that's well said, and, and to be honest, um, it is very heavy, and not a uh, conversation we were looking forward to, but definitely one we needed to have. I think it's easy for us to get consumed with our day-to-day life, uh, picking kids up from school, and you know, fixing supper and packing lunches and just dealing with life in general. And we forget how the majority of the world's really living. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so true. And, you know, not surprisingly, we didn't uh, get a lot of questions online um, because, you know, when you talk about these sorts of things, people are often overwhelmed. I mean, this is a heavy, heavy topic. So when you hear these stories, like, like you said in your message, you wonder, what the heck do I do? Right. And you mentioned Monica in the message and how, you know, she has personally affected you and your family. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if you could share further, how has hearing these stories changed you personally? And how have you gone, how has your voc- vocation as a pastor gone about being fulfilled in a different way, just hearing these types of stories? Well, I think it's happened. Uh, there's a couple things that have happened to me. One, I was just unaware. You know, for years, I knew nothing about the fact that slavery still continues in our world today. I just thought it was done. And as I began to hear about human trafficking, I thought, okay, yeah, the sex trafficking world, okay, I, I think I've heard stories about that. But just the slavery issues, the um, the fact that when a woman's husband dies, people come in and run her off her land, and then she is out of money, so she has to almost sell herself into slavery. Um, the the oppressors that that certainly you know overtake the powerless, um, all the way to the sex trafficking and human trafficking. It's not just a third world country issue. Yeah. We had a case right here in Santa Clarita where a man was discovered to be harboring a slave that he was working 20 hours a day and uh, you know for, for no wage whatsoever and hor- horrific conditions. Um, it, it happens more than we think. And I think the more aware we are, the better. That's kind of the second thing that I've learned through this process is awareness causes us to get involved. Um, as we talked about in the message, there's just a lot of things that we are now involved with we didn't even think about before, but once we became aware of the issue, now suddenly we're concerned by it. And so much of it really is awareness. And I think I stayed away from it a lot because I thought, what can I do? I don't live over there. Yeah. I can't walk out and go rescue somebody. But starting with awareness leads to action. Yeah. 
um, which leads to solutions. Yeah, and you even said that in your message. You hit on that a lot. You said so much of what we're going through, even as a nation, starts with noticing. And once you truly notice something, I mean, it's hard to turn away. Right. Because most people don't realize that not only is slavery still an issue, 93% of that slavery is actually actually related to sexual slavery. Uh, and not only that, people don't realize a lot of it is in our backyard, like you mm-hmm. said. I mean, it's, it's, it's no secret um, anymore that these types of things are getting out. And even the Super Bowl. I mean, we talk about football and sports a lot around here. The Super Bowl is the biggest trafficking event in the United States. And so mm-hmm. how can even just the mere notion of awareness contribute to fighting this epidemic in our time? Well, I think it causes us to ask, what can we do? We put together a website uh, where you can go and, and find out more information, um, just to find out what you can do, praying about these issues. We underestimate the power of prayer and what God yeah. does in partnering with us in that. Make it, when you become aware, uh, you begin to look for science. It's a little bit like when you, uh, if you go out and buy a, uh, a Toyota Prius, okay, red Toyota <laughs> Prius, you may have never noticed it before, but now that you own one, you see one everywhere. And I think once you begin to actually identify this issue of, of slavery and human trafficking, one, you begin to think about it more often, you begin to get more involved, you might actually vote for various things that are going to help end that issue, and you begin to notice things. Uh, like you said, it's in our backyard, and there's all kinds of things out there that we could be looking out for where we might be passing by people that are being trafficked and we just don't know the signs. Yeah, and, and this whole series and notion of when you then God that we're capping off today. This has all been about partnership between humanity and God. And you mentioned in the teaching that we're unconditionally saved by grace in Jesus. And a lot of people will actually use that as a cop-out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they'll, st- they'll argue that this type of compassion and justice work is unnecessary or even unbiblical on the grounds that it's, you know, works righteousness or something mm-hmm. like that. And this kind of thinking is disarmed by by the thought though of like I can't imagine using that argument of like actually going over to a brothel in Cambodia or Thailand or China and looking a little child in the eyes and saying like you know what you know don't worry about what you're going to go through today because someday you'll be in heaven and that's all that really matters right and I can't even imagine saying that to to a kid who's getting essentially raped 15 to 30 times in a day just for somebody else's income so, like, my response would be, you know, screw that. We need to get this kid out of here <laughs> as fast right. as we possibly can. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that kind of thinking or um, thoughts on that type of, you know, criticism yeah. of what we're talking about. Well, I think there's a lot of things in that that are, you know, frustrating. One, you talk about the grace issue, and yes, we are saved by grace, but for a purpose, um, for good works. And the good works are what God wants to do through us. I get so frustrated with the question of why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? And they always want to reference somebody else's pain on the other side of the world and blame God for that. When we have more food in the United States that we could supply to everybody around the country for three squares a day, but we just consume, and then we blame it on God. The same thing is true with justice and freedom. We get so used to having it, we forget that others don't. Mm-hmm. And to be able to be aware and to want to provide that for somebody else is the first step. And knowing it's not saving us, but it certainly is an indicator we've been saved. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we talked about today, the whole walking the talk thing, 
it's an indicator that Christ has done something in you. It's, it's not just a belief thing. I believe in a lot of things, but I don't put my trust in them. And to put your trust in Jesus is really that moment where you, you put your trust not in just his salvation for you in eternity, but what he wants to do through you on this earth. Yeah, and on that same line of thinking, some people, you know, and this is something we've talked about even just even just just now. It, this isn't just a missionary thing mm-hmm. in order to like spread the gospel or something that we can't be a part of in upper middle class Santa Clarita, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always try and pass this off as somebody else's job. And you used a verse in the message Matthew twenty five with the, you know the parable of sheep and the goats that is contrary to this type of thinking. So can you explain why that? kind of thinking is false and why uh you know it may be the case that we're not just giving jesus to them they're giving jesus back to us in a way that is pretty profound too yeah i have heard people shy away from various um social well what we would call social justice issues because they think well they're not christian um they don't convert people i don't read a lot about that in this passage i read a lot about basic human needs, food, shelter, clothing, acceptance. Um, In fact, when you look at the miracles of Jesus, every time Jesus shows up, the quality of life gets better. And they don't always, uh, you know, get converted. I don't recall Jesus um, ever, you know, walking somebody down to be baptized immediately. I I think it's a process. For some, he does say, go and sin no more. Uh, For others, he just starts off with, your sins are forgiven, with no act of faith on their part to begin with. It's the level of kindness and generosity that Christ is looking for and demonstrates. That seems to be the, the most important thing. And I got to think, for some of these people that are rescued, are helped, are healed in some capacity, it reimagines God for them. They Absolutely. begin to think, well, wait a second, maybe there is a God who did come and rescue me and gets them to even have that conversation in the first place. Yeah, that is so good. I think of Ephesians 6.12 when you mm-hmm. say that, when you know, it's often used as a spiritual warfare text, but it says, you know, our fight is not against flesh and blood, Paul says, but against the powers and the principalities uh, of the world. And when I read that verse, I think of oppressive systems that mm-hmm. we're fighting against and that many of us are even complicit in sometimes, and sex trafficking is certainly included in that whether we like to think it or not. So why should, you kind of answered it already, but why should that be a focus of the church? Well, because it would be a focus of Jesus. Uh, We need to care for them. Uh, We need to reach out and we need to show the love of Christ. Uh, Paul says it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And for all of us, we came to faith because somebody was kind to us. It led us into a church. It led us to a a promise keepers event, a, CIY event for students, some kind of something that started with an invitation. And for many of us, it was because somebody was kind to us, a neighbor, a friend, somebody in the hospital, somebody that came and visited somebody um, in, in prison. Um, I just think those steps uh, lead to a lot of, uh, of grace, um, which God, God uses to change people's lives. There's that scene in the movie, uh, it was about the life of Malcolm X uh, with Denzel. Yeah. And there's this scene where Malcolm is in prison and a Christian comes to visit everybody in prison. And they come, do you remember this scene? <laughs> yes. They come yes. to the cell, they give him a Bible, and they leave. Yeah. The next guy comes to the prison and he talks to him. 
and he eventually leads him into his faith yeah. in Islam, and obviously the choices that he makes after that uh, become rather uh, vigilant and destructive at times. What I'm saying is, is that Christian had that same opportunity, mm-hmm. but they chose just to give a Bible and run rather than to actually build a relationship. Yeah, that's a really good example. And a lot of times we like to, it's almost a moral licensing thing. Like, oh, we prayed for him and we gave him a Bible. We can now just move on. Now they're responsible. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So talk. We, we talked about prayer a little bit on the podcast a while ago uh, or a few weeks ago. And it's also one of our takeaways from today's message. So how does this issue in particular change the way we pray, read scripture, and relate to God and relate to other people? Um, I heard Craig Rochelle, who's a fantastic pastor of Life Church, say one time, if God answered all of our prayers, most of us would just have our food blessed and have a good day. You know, because that's typically all we pray for. Yeah. Bless his food to our bodies, help us to have a good day. Um, if we're really having an audience with the God of the universe, what would we really ask for? And partnership with God is this asking for the things that he wants so he can do them through us to advance his kingdom in this world. I think adding to our prayer list, those who are enslaved, makes us think about it. Yeah, I, I've tried over the past few years, because as a pastor, you get a lot of people that come up and say, would you pray for this? Would you pray for that? I've tried to do two things. One, to pray immediately with that person, and two, to write it down, and then spend several weeks praying for that And every time I see it, it reminds me of it. When I see that on my prayer list that I keep on my notes folder on your app, you know, on your phone, I'm reminded of that situation. If I don't write it down, then I might think about it, I might not think about it. But when I see it written down, I'm reminded of it, I pray for it, and then I care about it. And then when I see them again, I ask them about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Now I've partnered with them and with God in that process. And I think if we all wrote down the end of slavery, or what can I do to help end slavery? Uh, or somebody's name, uh, like we yeah. learned today, the name of Kumar. Yeah. Um, that would go a long ways. Yeah, that's really good because the more open we are and the more sensitive we are to these issues mm-hmm. and the more personal it gets for us, the more personal it gets for God too. Mm-hmm. I mean, the more room God has to work in them. And that is, that's a direct result of the partnership that God has established with us. So right. that's really good. Well, thank you, Rusty, and thank you all for listening to the podcast. That'll be it for this week. Again, if you have any questions, feel free to hashtag RG Podcast, send us those, and we look forward to hearing from you, and we look forward to uh, getting with you next week. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks so much for listening. We're really glad that you chose to be part of the podcast. Again, submit your questions to hashtag RG Podcast. And we'd love for you to go to iTunes and to write a review of the podcast. That helps us out so much. Spread the word, share it with others, and we'll talk to you next time.